Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. When we talk about lockdowns and restrictions, the effects that has on non-COVID patients and people who are not directly affected by COVID is actually startling. When we talk about the diagnosis of cancer um, and the, I suppose, the undefined deaths or the unquantifiable deaths that could be in the future or the unquantifiable distress that's caused to people in the future because of COVID restrictions. And there was a report in the Irish Daily Mirror today which outlines a distressing story of an Irish family, an 11-year-old daughter, uh, the parents of the child with chronic scoliosis, uh, said that she would be left crippled if she doesn't get the much needed operation. And to join me on the line is her dad, Eric Brennan. Good afternoon to you, Eric. Good afternoon, Noel. How are you? Uh, and how's Sophie today? Um, she's not too bad, Noel. So, look, every, Sophie's grand every day um, in, yeah. in, in the respect that, you know, she's, she's got a very sunny disposition and a, and a great outlook on life. But, um, you know, we as, we as parents know what's going on um, literally under our skin, you know. Um, and and, and I want to point out to people that her scoliosis is so bad and, and I wouldn't have a great understanding, but you have a better understanding and I'm sure you'll explain it to me, but because the way her spine is twisted, it's actually pushing into her lungs at this stage and her pelvis uh, as well. And she's waiting patiently for surgery. Now, I know there's 209 children on the waiting list for surgery in, uh, up to August. Um, that's 66% up compared to the 126th the same time last year and this is because of COVID Eric well well, so they're saying Noel. So, so they're saying but this is this is going on post-COVID you know back in 2017 the then Minister for Health Simon Harris um, he said that no child when they've been placed on the scoliosis waiting list would be waiting for longer than four months um, that, that the aim was to have them all operated within that time frame um, bring it forward to 2020 there's still massive waiting lists um, Sophie has been on the wait list since March um, it's now nine months further down the road. Um, she's still waitlisted, and we have no indication as to when she's going to get her surgery. Um, you know, we, we could be waiting 12 months. The, the, one of the last meetings that we had with our consultant, he told us, you know, if he was to take the list chronologically and not an urgency, Sophie would probably be waiting about four years. Okay. Um, and myself, and my wife, and my family, we're not prepared to wait any longer, Noel, and we're going to we're going to make serious changes with this with regards to getting it pushed through because you know. It's, it's child abuse. Um, they're, they're basically neglecting um, well, it is, well, it is. They're certainly neglecting the health of people, is, absolutely. absolutely. And there, there's no doubt about that. And, and to explain to people, by the way, in relation to scoliosis, scoliosis is a medical condition which a person's spine is basically curved. Now, it can happen as a result, by yeah. the way, of cerebral palsy or muscul- muscular dystrophy or uh, any of those other um, things that people are born with as well. So it, it, and it, somebody can just be born with a curvature of the spine. So there's many different reasons why people would have it, but it can cause massive complications in their lives. And I'm sure, Eric, you, can, you could describe something of the complications and Sophie's 11 year old yeah, child in the in it her can life. do so so Sophie's um Sophie's scoliosis is, is a symptom of a of an overlying condition she has called um 22q deletion syndrome so um if you think of your your chromosomes um on the 22nd chromosome Sophie has a tiny microscopic piece missing okay um and that manifests itself then in a, in a range of different ways um, most obviously with, with regards to what affects Sophie would be she has a mild general learning disability um, and she has scoliosis um, and it's you know you know the scoliosis is getting to the stage now where it's taking over everything else in their life because there's there's a massive urgency there from ourselves um, that we've, we've seen kids who are who are left in wheelchairs you know they become hunched over they become twisted and you know they you, you, whatever about getting the physical aspects of that fixed oil what, what's the mental impact on a child you know I, I can't read our mind i can only talk to her we can only understand 
how she feels on that particular day. But what is what's under the surface there? You know, how is it affecting her mentally? Um, knowing that she she looks a little bit different, she may be hunched over. Um, that she's not able to do what other kids are able to do, and it's it's just. It's just awful. You well, know, it, well, it is, and, 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 and it is COVID. I mean, look, there's 844,000 people in this country are waiting um, on a waiting list of some description for health care. There's 612,000 yeah. outpatients in Ireland on a waiting list for care. That's according to the National uh, Treatment Purchase Fund. And this is up 45,000 on the figures from last year. So clearly 45,600 people, comparison to this time last year, haven't got treatment or surgery or whatever it is they need. That's clearly, uh, you know, when it comes to COVID-19, there's problems within the healthcare system where, you know, people like your daughter haven't been prioritised because COVID is being prioritised. Yes, it, it is. It is being prioritised. But, you know, we also had, we've, we've had a number of outpatient appointments during COVID. Um, we know now, like after the, after the first lockdown, that there is surgeries happening, mm-hmm. um, that people are doing it. But I just, uh, to be honest with you, I, I believe COVID is a very real threat and it needs to be treated with with such regard but I also believe that they're using COVID as an excuse to um okay to, to not do surgeries and to also cover up um failures in the failures in the health system. Yeah and I and I understand obviously that you yourself would obviously have to take COVID quite uh, seriously because your daughter has an underlying health condition that has to be something that's foremost in your mind as well so as a family too. Um and where where have you, have you been in contact with the Minister of Health in relation to it? Have you uh, send so, them a letter, or where have you got? We've sent we've sent plenty. So just to give you, I suppose, uh, an overview of, of how this happened. So every year, Sophie has a has a consultation with an immunologist in um, Crumlin Hospital um, with, because of her twenty two Q. So that can affect the immune system and that. So in two thousand and seventeen, at a at a routine consultation, she was diagnosed with with scoliosis by the doctor Ronan Leahy. Um, so she's been in the system for for that long. So that's over. That's going on four years now. now. and. Um, we came across Dr. Connor Green in Temple Street. He was um, he was going to be the consultant that we went with, and you know all was all was good. And then basically lockdown came in March. We had an appointment in in March with Dr. Green, and it transpired from her X-rays at that time that basically Sophie's curve had grown by a by a hell of a lot. It was pushing on pushing on seventy degrees. I'm not a hundred percent sure on how they they calculated, but seventy degrees is quite, quite a lot. Significant, you know, yeah. particularly for for a girl who was she was ten at the time. But you know, she's gone through puberty now. She's in a rapid growth phase. You know, at seventy degrees now, um, that could go up to a hundred. Of course, because children degrees, do most very, very most of their growing between kind of eleven um, and sixteen years of age. Of yeah, course, yeah, exactly. So um, there was it, it was it was quite sad. It was one of the evenings during the summer. And um, Sophie was out playing. Now, look, as I said, she does have a mild general learning disability. If you were to look at her, um, you know, you wouldn't pick up on it. But um, other kids can be quite cruel, and they, and they course, do pick yeah, up on yeah. these things. Yeah. So there was one particular evening during the summer where um, Sophie came in, and she was a little bit upset, and uh, we, myself and the wife kind of said, um, you know, what's going on? And she said, oh, look, the kids in their old told me to go in because I'm disabled. Um, they wanted no. to run or whatever. So you can't run, Sophie. So on your toddle, you know, go in. No, that's awful. Go in and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll call for you later on when we're walking. And I was at that point, I said I said to Sam, the wife, I said, you know what, Like this isn't this isn't good enough anymore. We have to do something. So um, me being me, I got onto Twitter and um, I said, look, we've, we've tried with the with the ruling government to contact government ministers. We contacted Simon Harris previously and we got no response. So I said, look, we're going to go towards the opposition. So I... Um, Tweeted Chris Andrews, who's been a phenomenal support to us, and um, Mary Lou MacDonald. So um, since yeah. July, Noel, um, Chris Andrews has raised this on three separate occasions in the Dáil. Okay. Um, Michal Martin vowed to personally look into the case. 
Um, Leo Varadkar also um, said he'd personally look into it. And Minister Donnelly then himself has done nothing but send us back the standard stock response. And when we got in touch with Minister Donnelly directly, um, he actually didn't even do anything. He forwarded the email on to Anne Rabbit. Um, he was the Minister for Disabilities, which we thought was a little bit... Um, and how did you get out of Anne Rabbit? So did she do anything um, for you? We're, we're still waiting, Noel. Okay. Um, she, okay. must be, she must be hiding somewhere because um, okay. we tried to reach out to her and we haven't had any... Uh, and what, and what just just out of curiosity, Eric, just my own personally, what, what's the surgery involved? I mean, somebody um, mentioned somebody mentions here in a tw- text. I was fortunate enough to got a uh, spinal fusion surgery five years ago when I was sixteen. I know exactly the pain that Sophie is in because uh, I lived with it, sending lots of love. Okay, so is that spinal fusion? Is there something similar? Or do they straight? How can they straight? It your spine would be out? so. So what Sophie needs, Noel, um, she actually needs two surgeries. She needs she needs spinal surgery and she also needs a, a second surgery on her knee. You'll tell you about that in a minute. But um, with regards to the spinal surgery, given the nature of the curve, so if you can imagine um, uh, the letter S, that's yeah. basically what Sophie's, um, Sophie's spine looks like. So to, to rectify that, she, she needs what they call an anterior and a posterior fusion. So she's basically going to be fused from her front and her back. Um, the front, they're going to fuse the, the pelvis and the spine together, um, which will give her some range of flexibility and motion. And then okay. the, the second part of that operation will be to fuse her the back so we'll be going basically from your neck down to the down to the the, the bum okay. bone and, um, and that will be and, done and metal rod. okay so when all this is finished and hopefully they straighten the spine out I am assuming not 100% but somewhat is she still restricted in her movement obviously she will be still restricted because she'll have spinal she fusion she will be restricted with movement and she will be restricted with um, with flexibility and that but look no that's the, that's the price you pay with regards to um Surgery, you know, it's, it's it's better than having your lungs being crushed and you're unable to breathe Absolutely, when you're yeah, when you're yeah. twenty or thirty years of age. You know, um, we've we've weighed this up. You know, my wife when she was in one of the appointments with Doctor Green, she asked him, um, you know, what's the what are the options here? And he said, well, option one is to to not operate, and you know, you're automatically looking to probably cut yeah. Sophie's life expectancy in half. Um, option two would be to do a normal fusion of the spine, just going in at the back. Um, and then, you know, she's probably going to be looking at surgery in 20 years. So this is the option that we've gone for. Um, yeah, because obviously, the the, obviously doing it now, I, I'm trying to put this in, get this in my own head, when you're doing it now, the spine grows and it's still going to grow. So obviously more has to be done in the future, obviously, yeah. No, this should address it because okay. basically when they when they fuse it, that will be your that will be your growing finished. So she okay. won't grow again. Um, now look, we don't know what's to come in the future, but she, she shouldn't need any, okay. um, any surgery when this is done. But look, in the doctor's own words, what he said, Noel, was he said, this isn't cosmetic, this is life-saving. Of course that, it is, They yeah. were his words. You know, and, um, and I can understand that. Actually, do me a favour, stay there, because maybe Terry yeah. will give you some hope here, because Terry, you've been listening to that, and the same thing happened to your family 11 years ago when it was your baby's heart surgery. What happened, Terry? Yeah, well, my daughter was born with Down syndrome. I've been on to you before about uh, Rebecca, and she had what's called, she needed a complete AVSD, which is basically open heart surgery and it just kept getting cancelled and cancelled and cancelled there's no ICU beds no room in the ward uh, because of underfunding in the health service which is obviously still going on yeah now <laughs> uh, 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 a worker in the hospital told us to take our story to the newspapers and see if that does anything and which we did and the next appointment for Rebecca was not cancelled the appointment after it was highlighted in the newspapers. So, so in other words, going on, going onto the media certainly helped put a little bit of pressure. Yeah, the media kind of 
embarrasses them into not cancelling your appointment. Well, maybe, maybe Eric, if you're listening, that could help because, of course, I know you were in the Daily Star today. The story's in the Daily Star today and obviously you're on the radio now talking about it as well. So it may help to put a little bit of pressure. you got to do what you got to do, I suppose, is the point you're making, Terry. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have to do what's right for your own family. Yeah, because in that particular case, in your case, again, that was life-saving as well. So you can understand yeah, Eric's frustration. Uh, Eric, does that get, I suppose, Eric, that gives you a little bit of ray of hope, doesn't it? That once the pressure is on, I suppose, from the media point of view, it may help to get that, you know, that uh, that appointment that she needs. Well, that's what we're that's what we're hoping on, you know. And this came about from from Friday when um, my my wife and Sophie were in on a on an appointment, and uh, the the surgeon himself wasn't actually there. One of his understudies was was there at the appointment and finishing up. He was like, "Yeah, look, we were looking at the X rays. The curvature has increased." Um, it's increased at the, the bottom towards the pelvis quite significantly and um, essentially it was see you later go home enjoy the weekend and we see you back in six months and my wife just said no way um, you know we're waiting on, on surgery now over nine months how are you telling us to come back in six months does that mean that there's going to be no surgery between now and next May or June you know it's, it's, it's not acceptable so no. um, my wife did put a tweet up over the weekend it's kind of gone a little bit viral and it was off the back of that then we got, we got contacted by some journalists and, and people who want to help and, and that's where and I think, I think Terry now. actually saw your... Terry, you saw his tweet over the weekend, Eric's tweet over the weekend. I, I did see his tweet over the weekend. Um, mutual mm. friends retweeted it, so that's how I see yeah. Eric's tweet. And yeah. I have, we have been direct messaging each other, so... Yeah. Uh, and how are your babies now, by the way? Uh, she, 11 years later. She's, uh, yeah, she's flying now, like... Uh, she, she's buying selling now, sure. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, see that. Well, there you go, Eric. Light at the end of the tunnel, I hope. Um, I, and I, I do believe that it will come about and it will happen. I mean, Sophie will get what she needs eventually. Unfortunately, there's a lot of underfunding going on as well, mind you, on top of COVID as well. I mean, I, I mean, Terry, I know you, you believe it's maybe not necessarily COVID, but we can clearly see the waiting list has grown by 45,000 people in the last year. So, I mean. Yeah. So obviously things are being cancelled because of COVID. Yeah, they are being cancelled because of COVID, but now they're they're hiding behind COVID as well. I think. Like, All right. Okay. There's no, yeah. there's no reason to cancel everything. No, I mean, I would, I would completely agree with you because the idea of you know having a sterile environment is something that they do daily in a hospital and in theatre anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't see the reason for it. Listen, Eric, I, I hope Sophie gets what she needs. Thank you for that, for that, Terry. Eric, I hope Sophie gets what she needs and I hope she gets her appointment or, should I say, her surgery very soon because, as you rightly point out, I mean, at this stage, it's, it is neglect. It's gone on too long and it is life-saving. It is, no, it is. And, you know, you have to, you have to ask the question, you know, how, how bad do they want the child to get um, before they take action, you know, do they want these kids to become crippled, um, or do, do you know, do they want us to up sticks and go somewhere else where we can get the surgery done? The issue that they've been telling us is, you know, HSE aren't giving them enough beds, and they don't have enough theatre days. Then when they do have theatre days, there's only nine ICU beds in Temple Street. Um, if them beds are all taken up, then again, you know, you can't get the child in for surgery, and it's just, it's inexcusable. You know, we're we're, we're in mm. 2020 now. Ireland is supposed to be a first world country, and we've a third world health service, Absolutely. and it's just, it's not acceptable. We can't go private. There's no private option available. Um, if there was, you know, we we would have had it done already. Um, all right. And by the way, how does Sophie feel about the the surgery? Is she worried about it? Do you think, or is she all right about it? Um, she is. She is worried. And like you know, the type of child she is, she would suffer with anxiety in that, and she, and she would get worried. But I think Sophie's at the stage now where she's she's also ready to go and and get it done and and get some sort of a childhood 
She's yeah. 11, Noel. You know, if, she's, if she's a good understanding tomorrow, of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to an extent. And, and you know, if the surgery was to be done tomorrow, you know, you're probably going to write the next 12 months off. That brings her up to the age of 13. You know, how much of a childhood has she got left? You know, she's going to be grown up before before you know it. And, yeah. and them years are gone, and you, you don't get them back. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the beauty of it is, like, Sophie moved from mainstream education into special education in September, just gone. And the, the difference in herself is just night and day. You know, she's she's a phenomenal kid, but she's getting up every morning. She's going to school with a smile on her face. She has amazing friends. And she's been she's been treated as an equal now, whereas and, she was in mainstream school. We didn't yeah. feel that was happening. How long, and, by the way, how long is the recovery period, Eric, after the operation? Um, it, it's going to go in phases. So initially, you know, you're going to have maybe a three-month period where you'll have intense physio. You're getting used to walking again. Your nerve... Your nerves are all starting to get sensation and feeling back, and then as you as you go further down the road, you can start taking part in more physical and strenuous activity. And that, um, Sophie loves dancing; she absolutely loves to dance. And I'm sure you know all about TikTok and yeah, yeah. all the latest crazes yeah. and that. But she she loves that, um, you know. But that's probably 12 months down the road post surgery. So again, you know, her her fear now is probably will TikTok be gone by the time I have the operation and I can dance properly again. So um, the time is of the essence of her. Look, she deserves a childhood, and she needs to be she needs to be fixed. It's just not. It's just not fair to leave to leave kids like that, you know. If it, if it was me or you that needed surgery and they said you have to pay for yourself, we come up with the money. Kids Absolutely. can't deal with themselves. Of course. They need support, and the state do need to pull the finger out, I suppose, and, and give us the support that we need because it's just it's just inexcusable. Well, look, I'm happy to highlight it for you today, Eric, and I hope uh, Sophie gets what she needs, and I hope her, her operation comes soon, and she has a wonderful life ahead. Of her, I hope so. And thanks very much. And just a, just a quick shout out to um, Claire Cahill from the Scoliosis Advocacy Group. Um, on Facebook and also Anne Lawler who runs the 22Q Ireland support group um, they've given us phenomenal support phenomenal advice over the years and um, to be honest with you without them we, we'd probably still be sitting at home scratching our heads wondering what we what we can do next or how we, how we go about getting the support so um, yeah. it's just look this is only this is only the beginning, I suppose. Look, we are going to keep fighting. Um, it's it's probably it's it's a terrible thing to say. You have to shame the government into maybe making a decision or maybe you know getting the getting yep. the noisy people dealt with. But I, I just think in this day and age you have to do it because we've sat there silently for too long and it's not changing anything. So this okay. is what we have to do. All right, listen, Eric, you certainly gave a good shout out there today. Listen, and I hope you, it gets some wheels turning. Anyway, listen, thank you very much indeed, Eric Brennan, talking about his daughter Sophie, who's 11 years of age with scoliosis and needs that life-saving operation, and he believes at this stage it's just neglect.